Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Welcome back to the Family Huddle Podcast. We're so glad to be with you today, and we thank you for tuning in to another episode. Yeah, we're so thankful for uh, for those of you who have been listening, and maybe we'll continue to to catch some new folks as well. But this has been an exciting journey. Um, you know, reengage is uh, is something that. Um, I think God has been using it in, in ways that I did not expect, mm-hmm. um, and praise God for that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a wonderful uh, curriculum that in so many ways is hard because it's heart work. It gets yep. down to the real issues of our lives beyond the smoke screen that we oftentimes put up, um, and gets down to, to those things where you know we're really uh, believing in things, and oftentimes, as we're going to cover today, we can believe in a lot of lies. Yeah. Instead of the truth. Right. So we are, of course, in a series um, called Swimming in the Deep End, where we are following along with our re-engaged study. Yeah. And we're halfway through. Halfway Isn't through. Isn't that crazy? Halfway point. Yeah, it was yeah. great to celebrate with everyone and to take, uh, just to take stock of the moment and, and realize this is a journey mm-hmm. uh, together. Um, and we are at the halfway point. So I think that, that was an exciting uh, moment for everybody and maybe for some are like oh my gosh we're only halfway through <laughs> hopefully not too many people felt that way but yeah eight out of 16 weeks it's a long it's a long it's, class to commit to it's a slog yeah. but you think you know when you commit your life to someone and before god and witnesses you you say these vows yeah for better or worse richer or poor to death to his part i mean you're committing not to a moment but to a lifetime and you think about your marriage it's worth it and, and what's 17 weeks out of your life yeah. to yeah. commit to working on a marriage? It's really been fun. I think we've heard over and over from people that this really is a highlight of yeah. their week yeah. um, to get together. And, you know, I think some of that is because it's just such a great experience and mm-hmm. it's fun to be in a small group with other couples where everybody's cheering each other on and praying for one another. I mean, I think even just among our small group, it's fun to have... Um, the group me chat yeah. so we can kind of stay in touch throughout the week. Um, but I also think, you know, not only is the curriculum good and worth it, um, coming out of COVID, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just something really sweet about community yes, and being with one another. And I think we've all missed it. And so, yep. um, yeah, we're just, we're grateful. But anyway, here we are tonight. Um, this will be airing during the day, but we record at night. We're at our kitchen table this time. We we shook things up a little bit from our bedroom floor because our backs hurt every time we do that. So yeah. now we're at the kitchen table. <laughs> but we're talking tonight about um, truth. Yes. That was our topic this week. And Nurturing so, truth in our relationships yes. with, our, with our spouse. But I thought a fun way to start this off mm-hmm. is to talk about some of the lies that get perpetrated in uh, and through our world. Yeah. Always coming at us, bombarding yeah. us with with messaging that uh, that doesn't always line up with the truth. 
Yeah, specifically as it come as it uh, relates to relationships and yes. marriage and uh-huh. love, and yeah. so we have a fun. Romance little, is a big seller. It is a big seller. We've got a, a fun little thing we thought we would share with you tonight. Um, we are entitling it "Lies Hallmark Sells Us," <laughs> because <laughs> dun 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 dun. We've just come off of Christmas a few months ago and Hallmark season, Hallmark movie season. Yeah, um, and. <laughs> If if you've seen one Hallmark movie, you've seen them all. You've seen them all, <laughs> and they There's have a theme in all of them. <laughs> yep, some familiar storylines, and uh, of course we're we're going to poke fun at a few here. But there are some things that Hallmark sells. Yes, about relationships. What are a few of them, Trav? Well, I think uh, as I think about some of these Hallmark movies that we've watched together, so we're just going to go <laughs> out have, ourselves in well, that sense. <laughs> you're you're being gracious. I have watched them, and you, I have only forced you to watch a couple, and you pretty much excuse yourself and I've head to the other room. Quietly sat in the corner and taken shots at the Hallmark movies you've <laughs> you been watching. Have. You have, <laughs> but I think some of the lies that Hallmark. Hallmark movies sell us is love always blossoms with an old flame. Ooh, always. Always. The, the, ter- the childhood, like Buddy, the ex-boyfriend, the yeah. guy you went to high school with. Yep. yep. <laughs> How about this one? The perfect guy or the perfect girl are out there somewhere. Yeah. Just have to find them. Totally. You got to find them. Yeah. It's like that old country song. You've been looking for love in all the wrong places and that's all right. the wrong faces. That's but right. that love is out there somewhere. And you it's, just got to find it's them. It's just one person. So you better find them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's another one I like. Uh, true love can only happen at a ski lodge in Vermont that your family owns and you haven't visited in 10 years. Absolutely. And your mom and dad are just shocked that you're back for Christmas. Um, but <laughs> lo and behold, love always happens around a Christmas tree. Always. Who knew decorating a Christmas tree, as it turns out, in Hallmark Land is, is pretty romantic. The number one romantic thing you can do and always sparks some sort of relationship. Of course. Yeah. The tree. <laughs> um, the handyman is always Mr. Right. The CEO is always Mr. Wrong. Always. We apologize to all you CEOs out there and maybe all you handymen. (laughs) But that is the theme. The the love interest always wears flannel. Yeah. And the villain is always dressed in like a very nice Italian suit. The guy you would least expect. Mm Mm-hmm. And and, and versus the guy you would expect. That's right. Um, I always think it's funny that particularly for the female leaving a high power career always in a big city to move to your t- hometown is the right move until a last minute emergency call or meeting threatens to undo everything everything <laughs> every time <laughs> every time and half of these women are always event planners yeah. they can't seem to plan their own lives but they are very good at planning everyone else's. Exactly. Until love surprised them as well. <laughs> and that, I think that's one of the problems I have with these Hallmark movies. Nothing is ever surprising. That's true. Because it always follows a very distinct pattern. That's true. That you can you can predict. I mean, I, literally, I can prophesy what happens I in know. a lot of these Every movies. time I watch one, I do think to myself, why am I not writing down some ideas? I probably could make some money if I would yeah. just write down ideas because I know the formula now. The formula is uh-huh. there. That's true. <laughs> and I think lastly, everything always ends with a kiss and happily ever after. And preferably falling snow. Yes. <laughs> 
perfect setting that <laughs> yes. always ensues yes. at the end of the movie. Yes. Oh, well, there Hallmark. you have it. Hallmark, we love you. Yes. For those of you who watch, have watched Hallmark movies over over the past and maybe over that Christmas period, no offense, um, <laughs> we, we watch them as well. Yeah. And you really think about what's out on TV. Um, there is a degree of wholesomeness to those movies as well. To most of them. To they, most of they them. They took a little turn this year and got a little political, but yeah, yeah, they're... They are better than some of the other things out better there. Better than some of the other stuff out there. Yeah. That's true. Well, I think as a lead-in that works well uh, because of this whole lesson on truth. And I think one of the things that oftentimes people in their minds, when they come into marriage, they're thinking about marriage in a certain way. And even through years of doing pre-marriage counseling, um, you sometimes get this response that I want to marry this person because they make me happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm always kind of like, well, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. <laughs> the bad news is this person isn't always going to make you happy. What? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is you can actually find true happiness in a marriage. It's the process of how you get to that point. Mm-hmm. We don't understand. And God's purpose and design is to really make use of marriage as a tool to create holiness in our lives, mm-hmm. build character. And through that, through building up character that's Christ-like, as well as becoming a holy person, um, you're going to be happy. Because who doesn't want to be married to someone who's who's Christ-like, who's loving and forgiving and gracious and kind and sensitive? Who doesn't want to be married to someone like that, who mm-hmm. displays the very fruit of the Spirit that's built through character? And that's how we get to the place of happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in the pursuit of holiness, we get joy, right? Yeah. That's lasting happiness. But in the pursuit of happiness, we can often forfeit quite a few things. Yeah, in the pursuit of happiness, you won't be happy. Holiness, And you're going to be unholy in the process. Yes, so this week in Reengage, as we said, we talked about truth. Yeah. And how to nurture um, truth in our marriages, in our relationships. And so... The main idea of this week's kind of lesson is this. You are tempted every day to believe the lies all around you regarding your marriage. Mm -hmm. You need to identify the lies you're choosing to believe and replace those lies with biblical truth. Right. And so, you know, we pulled a funny example of Hallmark movies um, as just a way to, to show that, you know... There are lies all around of, all around us yes. regarding marriage. Some of them are kind of funny, like a Hallmark thing. Right. Um, but some of them are a lot less um, funny. Mm-hmm. Some of them are a lot less subtle. Mm-hmm. And some are very subtle. Yeah. Um, but it is amazing how we have to be so careful what infiltrates our minds. Right. Right? And what, um, what we allow to speak into our life mm-hmm. and into our view of what marriage is or should be or could be or we wish it were. Um, we have to be very discerning about the voices yeah. that we let in. Right. And so we talked about um, in Reengage uh, just some common kind of lies that we're prone to believe. Yeah. And so I thought maybe we'd just talk about a couple of them, um, maybe some that are more prominent than others. One of them is, I should feel in love at all times. Oh, the feels. (laughs) We get to the feels. This is the Disney Hallmark mantra right here. It is. Um, Follow my heart. Go with your feeling. If you don't feel it, then it's not right. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet, I mean, I think we can just sit here and agree that, especially for 
I will say this as a female, I can feel a thousand emotions in a five minute span. Yeah. So if I'm going to follow my feelings, <laughs> they're about as predictable as a train wreck. I mean, just yeah. it's it's not a good idea. No. Right. And that's not ever something. Right. And feelings are rarely an indicator of what is true. That's true. Right. Yeah. They can be. They can help us uh, understand that maybe there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're never an indicator of what is true. Yeah, I've heard a, a good. Um, saying about feelings or emotions that they are indicators right like like an engine light like an engine light that comes on but are never to be dictators right where they control us right right? and we just are following the whim of every emotion right Um, so the truth if that's the lie that we often believe i should feel and love at all times Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is that actually love is more of a conscious decision yeah than a feeling than a feeling and that is something that we don't ever, we, we have been told the opposite in the world, that love is a feeling. Yeah. And therefore love comes and love goes, but it's not. It's a decision. Yeah. It's an act of the will, right? Totally. And even in 1 Corinthians 13, love is described uh, with actions mm-hmm. rather than emotions. And so um, it is a loving action that will bring about a loving feeling. Right. Eventually. Eventually. Not the other way around. So we're not always going to feel in love. We're not always going to feel like we should do something Mm -hmm. or be kind to our spouse or loving toward them. Yes. But we are committed to our marriage, right? Right. Right. And we talked last week about it's a covenant. Mm -hmm. It's not a contract. And so therefore we are to obey what's right. So even if I don't feel loving toward you today... I'm going to choose to act in a loving way towards you, and I'm going to trust that eventually my feelings are going to catch up. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, on the opposite side, we use truth to govern our feelings. Yeah. Right? We can speak truth, right, and literally preach the gospel to ourselves. Mm -hmm. That helps govern our feelings and keep them in the right place. Mm -hmm. And so letting feelings drive our life and tell us what is true truth drives our lives and governs our feelings yeah and so i think that's a a a practical way of 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 looking at that that i think is important yeah um another one is let's see uh, my marital issues and problems are different or unique Mm -hmm. i think that's a really common one um i think that's a really a tactic of the enemy yeah when something's off in our marriage um i think one thing he would love for us to feel because he would love to undo our marriage right. is, Ooh, you know, you're really all alone here. Yeah. Nobody else struggles with this. It's just you guys. Mm-hmm. And there, this is kind of helpless. Like there's no hope here, right? No way out. And so we can kind of spiral down that road of thinking like, yikes, we're, this is brand new territory. Nobody knows what to do. And, yeah. um, you know, how do we get out of this? And we can't tell anybody. And, I think that that becomes a spiraling yeah. lie. A lie, absolutely. Compounding, Compounding lie, lie. Maybe. I think sometimes, too, people think, well, this person's never going to be fixed. Yeah. I can't fix this situation. It's never going to change. It's hopeless. It's helpless. It, we're stuck. Yeah. And I think that's lies of the enemy. Uh, if, uh, on a funny converse, I guess, converse side of that, um, a pastor was saying, I heard him talking about marriage. He's like, listen, everybody... Mary's a fixer-upper. <laughs> like the song. From like the Frozen. song, right? Uh-huh. 
He's a fixer-upper. Yeah. Well, the truth is we're all fixer-uppers. Yeah. We're always in the process of being fixed up mm-hmm. by the Lord mm-hmm. and through the truth that sanctifies us mm-hmm. um, and makes us more like Jesus. And so we're, we're, we're all fixer-uppers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then also a scripture, I think, to really ground us um, from letting that lie take root is 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Mm-hmm. And so again, when we're tempted to think that we're terminally unique, yeah. um, that our problems are different and can't be overcome, we have to remember there are no new or unique problems in marriage. Yeah. Whatever our issues are, they're not new or unique. Others have worked through them before, and you can as well. That's right. And so, um, I think you know we have to we have to reject that lie mm-hmm. and embrace the idea that our problem is not unique, and God will help us. Yeah. So that isn't to say that we might not be in a super difficult season, or we might not be facing something that's very tough. Right. But it doesn't mean that we're all alone in it ever. 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 Yeah. Or that there's never hope. Right. Because with God, there's always Always. Right. Always if the hope. tomb is empty, all things are possible. And yeah. it's possible to be forgiven. It's possible to see something that's broken um, healed. Yep. Uh, it's possible to see a marriage that, that has been separated to be reconciled. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it'll be easy. It doesn't mean it'll be easy. Yep. Uh, you know, um, and, and comfortable along the way. It will take some sweat equity and some hard work. But as we continue to apply the truth to those areas of our lives and to our marriage, uh, it is possible to see uh, things come back together yeah. that were that were broken. Yeah. So maybe one more um, we'll talk about here. How about um, the lie that my marriage shouldn't be this hard? Mm. You know, I think this has been a hard year for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, very hard circumstances in our world that yeah. we're all kind of walking through. Yep. And so I think, you know, if you're listening today and your marriage is hard, we certainly aren't making light of that. Um, but I, I do think that this can be another one of those compounding lies where we can start to think it shouldn't be this way. And I want out. Yeah. Um, or he's not the right person or she's not who I thought they would be. And yeah, you know, we can just kind of spiral from there. And yep. so I think we have to go back to the truth, right? Which is we are all first sinners, mm-hmm. hopefully saved by grace. Hopefully, yeah. you know, you and your spouse are um, believers, but even if you're not, you're both sinners. That's right. <laughs> right. And when sinners marry, mm-hmm. there will always be trouble. There'll always be trouble, yep. as it says in First Corinthians 7. Yep. So, and I, I like this, I underline this. It says, no one passively arrives at a great marriage. Yes. I think it's kind of this idea that we get married um, and, and, and it's just supposed to work out naturally yep. and we never have to, to work at a great marriage. Yep. But I think, um, you know, that's a lie that we just yeah. arrive at a great marriage by accident. Yeah, kind of like we're in the middle of watching like basketball right yeah. now, right? It's the the tournament time, and you know you watch these guys who have become so disciplined mm-hmm. in shooting and footwork and all these yeah. things that you know are part of their game. Well, no one to the exact same point, no one passively arrived at that right. kind of skill yeah. <laughs> or talent. Now there's God given skill, mm-hmm. um, but 
every one of those players has worked super hard yeah. to get where they're at. Right. And those teams have worked hard to get where they're at. Well, marriage is the same way. You know, if it, we, we tend to look, I think, at couples who to us appear like happy and successful mm-hmm. and, um, and those things may be true of them. But what we forget, sort of like the Instagram reality, mm-hmm. we're looking at somebody's highlight and we're forgetting the reality behind it. Yeah. There are likely years of hard work to get to a place of success in yeah. marriage, right? Yeah. Or stability or just faithfulness, mm-hmm. uh, godliness. There's a lot of little decisions that have to build up and add over yeah. the, the course of time to get there. And so I think, um, you know, that's not to discourage us. Yeah, yeah. Because a healthy, happy marriage is possible in it Christ. Is. It is. Absolutely, absolutely it is. And no matter what kind of damage has been done uh, in, in the past, yeah. you know, it is possible to have a marriage that's better. Yes. And so I think a lot of times people look at at their current circumstance because of of, of, of horrible decisions that have been made in a past that continues to creep up, mm-hmm. and the, the enemy wants to continue to throw that in their face and try to remind them of everything that they've done and give them this hopeless sense of despair that nothing could ever change. But it is possible, even mm-hmm. with the damaged past, to experience freedom in Christ and move to a place in your marriage where it is better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we, we, we totally believe that. Yeah, absolutely. So if those are some of the lies, obviously mm-hmm. that's not a comprehensive list, just right. a few. There's many ways we can fall into deception here. Um, but what, what are some, just in our final minutes here, what are some like practical ways that we can fight this temptation mm-hmm. to um, start believing these lies or, or accepting them as they kind of come at us? Yeah. What can we do to practically fight that and instead to nurture truth right. in our marriage? Yeah. Well, I think one thing that's, that we've mentioned maybe before, um, but I think is practically important, is the spiritual ability of discernment. Yeah. Uh, in our world today, because there's so much that's coming at us from so many different d- directions... Um, when it comes to media and all its forms, yep. we have to be able to discern and be able to detect um, that which is a lie and yep. that which is that which is truth. Yep. And so I love Hebrews five, and it says this in verse fourteen. But solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Hmm. So through constant practice of like immersing ourselves in the scripture and the scripture renewing our minds, we're able to have the spiritual enablement of discernment and see things for how they really are, the things that are good and things that are evil. And so that's a wonderful thing of being able to look at the world through the lens of scripture. You know, a few years back at camp, I illustrated this with our young junior high students, and I would put up on the screen what looks like a confusing, chaotic mess of red dots and I asked everybody, like, what does that look like to you? And so many of them were like, well, I could make something out of this. I could say it was this. i say it was that. And so you have everyone saying it was this picture or that picture, and they were just making things up in their mind. It was just a mass confusion and chaos in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, now I want you to take the special red glasses I've given you, <laughs> and I want you to put those on. And when they did that, they saw the picture that was really there. Yeah. They saw the image that was really there. 
And instead of having their own idea of what they thought it was, they saw for what it really was. Yep. And so I think that in a lot of ways, that's what our world's trying to do, confuse us about what marriage is, about what relationships are, about what sex is. Um, and we have to put on the lens of scripture so that we can see things for how they really are and not for the way the world, our culture, the enemy, or even our own flesh can deceive us into thinking it's something different. You yeah. can make it whatever you want it to be. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the greatest lie of all right there, right? Yeah. Because that that's a lie that it's a subtle thing that makes you think that there's such freedom mm -hmm. when you define things. Right. According to your truth. Right. According to your perspective, yeah. According to your human reason, yeah. According to how you see things, that that seems like it would be, f you know, freeing, but yeah. in reality, it just brings chaos. Just brings chaos and confusion. When we take away um, an absolute truth, yeah. We take away a standard of truth, yeah. We're suddenly left with like nothing, yeah. But everybody's opinions, mm -hmm. and you know, we're just seeing that crystal clear in culture right now yes. it's just a complete it's madness to be it's madness it, it is and i heard one guy say when society removes absolute truth the society becomes absolute yeah there you go there um you go. and so that's why we have to come back to what is true yeah and i think um you know i got to sit in a in, in on a conference here recently about this idea of truth and apologetics and how do we train the next generation to know what truth is and mm -hmm. stand for truth. And one of the ideas um, that the speaker gave, which I, has stuck with me and I thought was so good, is in the same way that your child may be a picky eater. Mm -hmm. we got a couple mm -hmm. picky eaters in our, we do. In our crew right now. Um, those kids are so diligent when I serve some sort of pasta, let's say, mm -hmm. Um, a couple of ours are so diligent to immediately panic and start digging through the dish to find any trace of a tomato <laughs> or, or an onion, all the things I love, a mushroom. Yes, real and, life in our yeah, household. They, a few of them will will embrace that, right, and just yep. down it like it's nothing. Yep. And then a couple others are like little investigators with their forks. And before I know it, on their plate is a pile of all of the things that they have systematically rejected. Yeah. Identified and rejected. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a really good picture of how we are to be um, diligent investigators of truth. So for everything that gets thrown our way, for example, if we were going to watch a movie, yeah, um, what the enemy would love... <laughs> for us is to just turn our brains off. What culture would love, what the, mm -hmm. the makers of movies would love is yeah. for us to just turn our brains off, right? And absorb everything that comes our way. Yeah. But if we're going to be discerners of truth, then we need to actually be um, like our picky eaters Yeah. with our forks out, ready to um, absorb what's coming our way, but not just receive it the end but to dig through it, accept what's good, there's usually good uh -huh. in most things, and then reject what's bad. Yep. But we have to be able to see it for what it is. Totally. We've got to be able to view it through an appropriate filter. Yeah. And so I think that's a skill that, you know, as adults we need. Mm -hmm. That's a skill to teach our kids, too, in the faith. 
That's right. Um, rather than being afraid of everything that comes their way, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can also help them as they grow in maturity and in their godliness um, to begin to discern on their own. Of course, yeah. when they're younger, we discern for them. Right, right. But as they grow, we want them to grow in that skill yeah. so that when they're not with us someday, they aren't going to be blown around and tossed about, like it says in Scripture, Yeah. every you know idea that comes their way. Right. And I think along those lines of discernment, another great verse is found in Philippians 1, 9 and following. It says this, and this I pray, Paul talking, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Interesting that word sincere. It's where we have this, this, this word that means without wax. So back in the day, obviously, they didn't have Ziploc bags and storage type of resources that we do today to store food. They used clay pots. And and so they would fire these clay pots, having shaped them, and when they came out, sometimes those clay pots would develop cracks. Well, kind of the crooked sellers at that time, to save money, they would just fill those cracks with wax and sell it as the real deal. Hmm. And so then you have other sellers who were actually legit, honest, reputable, mm-hmm. and they would have a sign that that literally read, "Without wax." Funny. And so you knew you were getting the genuine product. Yeah. And yes, it was more expensive, but you knew you were getting a product product that didn't have wax in it. And so the way that you could tell if it had cracks filled with wax is you held that pot up to the sun. Oh, and sure. in the sunlight, you could see the cracks with the wax. Hmm. And so I think that holds true with what we're talking about. Yeah. In order to see things for what it really is, yeah. to have the discernment piece, so we're not getting sold a bill of goods that's actually fake, mm-hmm. with this stuff that's being thrown at us, it's like, wait a minute, this stuff, does it, it looks good on the outside, mm-hmm. but as you hold it up to the sunlight, you see a different story. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, I can see some things here that I couldn't see before when we hold it up to the light of yeah. God's word. Yep. Yeah, so we want to grow, I think, in our marriages um, as we grow in the Lord. Yeah. Right? He grows us closer together. He helps us discern good from evil, mm-hmm. um, truth from lie. That's right. Lies. And so... Um, you know, I think that is the challenge. Um, as we kind of ended reengage, just thinking through this week, you know, what can we practically do? Well, yeah. we can be in the Word. Yeah. We have to immerse ourselves, like you said, in the Word because the Word is light and life. Um, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Like He is the one that we want to fix our eyes on. And the more that we do that, the more that we're in the Word, the more that we are growing closer to the Lord and in our sanctification, right. um, the more we're able to discern. Yeah. He builds that in us. We could spot a counterfeit a lot quicker yeah. if we know what the truth is. Right. So we can see what's deceptive in this world. Yes. As well as detect maybe stuff that's deceptive in our own lives. Yeah. Yep. So that we can nurture and develop truth. Yeah. Um, so that we can be uh, sanctified in that truth uh, and live in a, such a way that's pure and good. Mm-hmm. 
and honest and honest yeah and i think if we do that that we'll see our relationships come together in a way that is creating a fellowship and a oneness like in marriage that god designed and wants for us Mm -hmm. but we have to continually nurture that truth yeah yeah it's just i mean anyone who's experienced the sin of trying to keep like an appearance up or a falsehood yeah. trying to spin a falsehood yeah it's easy as parents i think you know you know when your child is lying mm-hmm. and you just watch them just spiral in some sort of lie and they're just grasping for straws to keep mm-hmm. it going and yeah. you know as their parent we like to tell our kids that we pray that that God will help us catch them always. Um, (laughs) But it's easy to spot that and, and kind of say, listen, none of this is true. And you're going so far down the rabbit hole, you're never going to get out. But I think what's convicting is knowing that as adults, we're prone to the same thing. Right. And in marriage, when you've tried to keep that up, if you're operating in falsehoods, Mm -hmm. there's no peace. Mm -hmm. There's not unity. Mm -hmm. There's really a broken fellowship there. Um, There's probably not a lot of joy. Right. Conversely, when you are operating in the truth and you're honest with one another, even when that honesty is hard Mm -hmm. or even when it brings consequences or hurt, there's still something that's sweet about knowing that you're dealing with the real person the real person and the real truth right because you can get somewhere right when you've got real truth on the table right but you can get nowhere right when not it's the fake just person who's got wax in their cracks <laughs> <laughs> wow what a way to end <laughs> you're right what a way to end <laughs> yep oh the junior high pastor in you lives on i just want to say you can take the junior high pastor out of junior high. You cannot take the junior high pastor out of the pastor. That's true. <laughs> but, babe, I totally agree with everything, everything oh. you're saying. And if we want to live real, genuine lives with each other that are pure and blameless, we have to be constantly vigilant about nurturing that truth in yep. our lives. Yep. And so I, I agree wholeheartedly. Really good stuff. <laughs> oh, well, friends. <laughs> We've just come to the end, and <laughs> now we're laughing. And now we're good. We, yeah, and I think a lot of what we've been doing in Reengage has been pretty serious. I mean, it's in some deep, meaty stuff, and yes. th- th- I, we need that. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. I love that we're, like, going to the deep end mm-hmm. when it comes to this uh, mm-hmm. podcast. But also having moments where we can keep it light and fun, too. That's right. To let you guys know that... We're not just always serious around our household, as no. you can oftentimes tell with the stories we share with our kids no. and in our own marriage. Um, my goodness, it's it's laughable of what happens right. underneath, underneath our roof. But at the same time, we're striving for Jesus, yeah. and we really are. And we're with we you. We're with you all the way through mm-hmm. on, on this. Um, and 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 ask you and invite you to join us. Matter of fact, if you're listening and you you and your husband, you and your, your your wife would like to join us for re-engage, you can jump in at any time. That's right. We're halfway through, but you can still join. Yeah, every week is standalone. So it is. You know, it's not like you're, oh my goodness, you have to catch up. Um, and, and we're also happy to say that this won't be the only time that re-engage is offered either. No, we'll we're going to do it again in the that. fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be another avenue um, where you can jump in, but... 
we just want to thank you for listening today. And we want to thank you for um, being with us again as we talk through these topics. Yeah. And Trav, as we end here, why don't you just pray for us, for our listeners, um, on this idea of nurturing truth. Yeah. That we would be diligent, that we would be um, committed yes. to doing the little things. Yeah. So that we can catch the lies and reject them. Right. And know, be able to spot what is true because we have been with Jesus. We have been in his word. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, love to be able to do that. And I hope that this podcast has been encouraging and uplifting, beneficial. Um, I hope it's caused you to think about things like it's causing us to think about things yeah. where we're really wrestling with with the truth. Yeah. And wanting to incorporate that into our lives yeah. on a more disciplined basis. Yeah, yeah, because we're wrestling just like everybody else. And yeah. we had to do this exercise this week, too, and think about the things that the lies that we're believing Yeah, sometimes. So. Totally. All right, well, let's pray. Okay. Jesus, thank you so much for today. I pray that this is uh, uplifting and encouraging uh, to all our listeners. And we do want to nurture truth in our lives. I think about the scripture that says, like, for example, Father, we thank you for the armor of God. And the first thing we're supposed to put on is the belt of truth. The truth is supposed to guide us and inform us. The truth is something we're supposed to build our lives upon. Uh, I think about the foundation aspect, the uh, story that was told in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, the two foundations. And the, and, the, and the one who built his house on the rock had to dig down deep to build it on, on that solid rock. Sometimes we have to filter through a bunch of layers of lies to get to the truth because sometimes the truth is so valuable it is surrounded by a pack of lies. And I think in our world today it's so easy to be surrounded by a pack of lies that we lose sight of what's true. Help all of our listeners daily to dig down deep into God's word and discover what is true so we can see our lives, our marriages, this world in the right light. And so, God, help us because we all fall short and we all need help. We're all works in progress. So help us to continue to nurture truth and to go deep with you on a daily basis in the Word of God. Thank you for everyone tonight, Jesus, who's been listening, and for all of our relationships, whether it be as uh, one who's married or one who is a parent with kids or just with friendships. Help us to nurture truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, friends, thanks again for being with us, and we hope that you will join us again next time. We'll see you then. And we are wrapping up another episode of the Family Huddle Podcast. As Travis and Stephanie mentioned at the beginning, thank you so much for joining us. We do appreciate it. We don't take it lightly that you're choosing to take time out of your day, your week. Um, and we appreciate our regular listeners um, and also hope that we're catching new people as well. Um, and then for those that are regular listeners that you just continue to keep sharing, posting, liking, commenting, passing these episodes along, um, re-listening through uh, those that you feel like, yeah, I need to listen to that one again. Um, and we ultimately hope that this is a source of encouragement and gospel truth for you um, today, especially so as that is the topic of the episode um, to really learn how to be diligent and cultivate a habit of going to the word of God as our ultimate source of truth 
not our feelings, not society, not even our best friend, our spouse, or a super godly influence. All of that should be filtered through this lens of what does the Bible have to say about it? And you can't know deception unless you know truth and you have something to compare it to. And so we hope that you're finding practical ways to work that out in your own life, as well as your relationships in your home. And as Steph mentioned too, equipping your kids um, or potentially maybe you're single, maybe you don't have kids, uh, but figuring out ways to ask questions and be someone who sharpens and encourages those around you. And so, yeah, thank you again for joining us. Like I said already, if you can just keep commenting, liking, sharing, um, leaving us positive reviews, that is the best way for other people to find us. Um, And we just really, really, really appreciate you guys and appreciate spending time with you every week. And we'll see you again soon.